When is the last time you asked God to show you the areas of your life that you haven't given over to Him fully, or the areas of your will that you've taken back? Have you been experiencing a lack of desire for the things of God? Let's join Pastor Edwin now as he closes out our series called Restoring the Walls. Today's teaching is called Dedicating Your Walls. Get ready to take notes and I'll meet you on the other side. Hey, what's going on V1 Church? Pastor Eddie here. I want to thank you for allowing us to be part of your worship experience. We've been following this series entitled Restoring the Walls, How to Rebuild and Renew Your Relationship with God. And we finally have come to the grand finale. But before we, we begin, can we just give it up to our lead pastors, Pastor Mike and Pastor Julie. Thank you for leading this house with excellence. We really love you and appreciate you. So now we're in the final chapter of this book, Restoring the Walls, and it has been amazing. The testimonies that have been coming out of this book, um, I'm just humbled by it. But the last chapter we want to talk about, and the title of today's message is Dedicating Your Walls. And we've been following the story of Nehemiah. You know, in 2014, I actually competed in a uh, mentally exhausting and a physically demanding obstacle course. And you probably know what it is. Have you heard about it before? It's called the Spartan Races. And this course consists of 10 miles of about 30 obstacles uh, that resulted in many bumps, bruises, and battle scars. You need to prepare for a race like that. You just don't walk in and say, hey, sign me up. I'm just going to go. You have to prepare. So I prepared an entire year for it. So I decided to do a few things. I decided to increase my cardio. I decided to focus more on interval training. And at the day of the event, my heart is pounding. I got the war paint on and I'm at the line and the announcer just yells out, Spartans, prepare for glory. Whew. I prepared so long for this event and now I'm actually making my way through the course. It's a team event, so you go with your team. I'm passing every obstacle course and one particular obstacle featured a hundred yards of just bobbed wire and there's mud and rocks and you have to crawl through it without getting snagged and I would see people pick up their heads, get caught in the bob wire. Next, at the, uh, the final, final obstacle was this 30-foot wall uh, that you had to scale over. And I'm just watching everybody just literally fall from the top of the wall all the way down. And they just gave up. Grown men crying in the fetal position. It's, it's, it was very intense. After a few failed attempts on my part, my team finally finished the race. And I vowed I'll never do that race ever again. <laughs> <laughs> you know, after the completion of the wall in Jerusalem, it was time to now celebrate. And it was time to dedicate the wall to honor God. It wasn't just a celebration of a physical wall built, but it was a consecration of the city and the people of God returning into right relationship with Him. They separated themselves for a sacred calling. The walls we have rebuilt, and we've been talking about that, rebuilding the walls, must continue to honor the person of Jesus Christ in every area of our lives. So we're going to outline a few areas where we can wholeheartedly dedicate our lives to His service. So let's look at Nehemiah 12, 27. 
And at the dedication of the wall of Jerusalem, they sought the Levites in all their places to bring them to Jerusalem to celebrate the dedication with gladness, with thanksgiving, and with singing, with cymbals, harps, and lyres. They had a full-blown worship team right there. Here's what I want us to focus on. What you dedicate determines how you celebrate. So first we're going to see here that at the center of our dedication is God. So at the center of our dedication, we have God. God is the center of our dedication. And we're going to see that there are three areas that we must dedicate before we can begin to celebrate. These three areas are going to be the areas that we submit to God. That's what dedication means when we're talking about it. It's the act of setting apart or consecrating to God. So the first area that we need to dedicate is our bodies. We need to dedicate our bodies. Romans 12:1, Paul writes here, he says, I appeal to you therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is our spiritual worship. You know, the physical body is admired for its beauty, right? But what society has done, it, it has idolized the body, making it almost impossible, placing on it impossible standards of beauty on people rather than considering how God views us in his image. So what Paul is using here when he's talking about the offering up of our bodies as a living sacrifice, it's actually referring to how animals were actually sacrificed back in the old days. We've broken so many of our relationships because of outward appearances. Yet we are called to maintain biblical priorities with our bodies. Elijah was fleeing Jezebel. He was facing death and he was becoming weak to the point of death, and God used an angel to minister to his physical needs. Jesus was concerned with the physical needs of others, healing and restoring the bodies of the sick. You see, church, our bodies are designed to function with the rest of our makeup. So what do we get out of the body? We get our senses. We get smell. We get taste touch, right? Um, hearing, right? Our five senses and how that relates to the dedication aspect of it. It relates to it through our condition, our environment. So here's my question to us here today is what type of environments are we subjecting our bodies to? What kind of conditions are we subjecting our bodies to? Does it bring dedication or decay to God? So what does a dedicated body look like? What does it look like for me to dedicate my body to God holistically? 1 Corinthians 9, 25 to 27 says this. Every athlete exercises self-control in all things, but I discipline my body and I keep it under control. 
You see, our mortal bodies are submitted to God because we were bought at a price when Christ died for us. During the Last Supper, Jesus refers to the bread as his body and to the cup as his blood. He was offering himself. You see, there's a sacrificial significance in how we are to use our bodies to obey Christ. And that's what Paul was trying to say, your animal sacrifice. We are sacrificing our bodies for his glory. The body is a temple for service. It's not a trash for our own purpose. The body is not a hindrance even to the soul or to the spirit, unless we allow the body of sin to bring us back into this enslavement. Beauty is only skin deep, but a body that is led by the spirit is deeply felt. So what type of environments, what type of conditions are we subjecting our bodies to? Does it bring dedication or decay to God? You know, this past week we had serve week and, um, you know, we helped to serve families that are in need. And uh, we were doing manual labor, painting, cleaning, serving food. And while at one of the homes, I asked one of the residents, um, you know, she, she had her family there and she was actually pregnant again that we were serving, you know, what can we do? Or I said to her, you know, what is it that, you know, you guys need? And she says, you know what? You guys are doing more than enough. Uh, just your thank you and the smile is payment enough. And uh, it was an amazing feeling to just give back. You know, if there is a natural body, there is also a spiritual body. So now let's talk about that we need to not just dedicate our body, but we need to dedicate our soul. So we need to dedicate our soul. Where the body perishes at the time of death, the soul is indestructible. The soul without a flesh is like a ghost. It doesn't have no existence to it, while the flesh without a soul is just a corpse. When we refer to the soul, we're dealing with the inner workings of who we are. We are called to love God with what? All of our heart and with all of our soul. So out of the soul comes what? How we think. So out of the soul, our mind, putting on the mind of Christ. Out of our soul comes our emotions. And then out of our soul comes our wills. And also the soul houses the spirit. So the soul is the originator of how we understand, how we know, how we love, how we think. The soul houses our personalities and our emotions. Jesus spoke of his soul as being crushed. In Matthew, Jesus promises rest to the souls of those who follow him. Isn't that an amazing promise? Hebrews 4.12 says, For the word of God is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and spirit. You know, there's some that are more thinkers than feelers, right? Some choose to have their own will. But Jesus wasn't like that. He says, For I have come down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. A renewed mind, emotions, and will involves allowing God's word to reshape us 
and to reshape our thinking. You know, church, the emotionally unhealthy person operates in immaturity and selfishness. The, they're, they're ego-driven rather than God-driven. They're emotionally led rather than leading their emotions. They choose their own will instead of the will of God. And that's why Romans 12, 2, we read Romans 12, 1 about the body. Now, one verse after that says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by what? By the renewing of your mind. That by testing you may discern what? What is the will of God? What is the will of God for my life? What is good, acceptable, and perfect? And I know some of you right now are asking, how can I dedicate my soul to God in such a way that it sets me apart, it consecrates me from the rest of the world, from the rest of society? It's hard, Pastor. I get it. I know it. Let me give you one word. Humility. Humility means putting aside your own interests and your thinking about the needs of your neighbors. Humility says, I'm not after my own prize. Humility says that I'm going to put aside my own interest and think about the interest of others. Humility says that I must decrease so that God must increase. Humility says I'm okay with being under submission to my leaders. So how does the soul relate towards the dedication to God? Through the community. Where we saw the body related under the conditions, here it's the community. Everything we do is for the people of God. In the natural, it's, it's, it's difficult, and, and I get it, but I want to offer you some hope here today. Hebrews 6.19 says, This hope is like a firm and steady anchor of our souls. In fact, hope reaches behind the curtain and into the most holy place. You see, hope here is called the anchor of our souls because it provides us with, with the stability for our lives. We need to stop living on an I wish and we need to start hoping on an I know because I know who holds tomorrow. I know who I'm going to focus on. I know I'm going to contain my emotions and give it all to him. I know I'm not going to serve my own will, but the will of the Father. The mind that is controlled by the Holy Spirit is a mind that matters to others. Dedicated thinking, what that does when you are focused, when you're dedicated in your thinking, it opens the path for others to reflect and to consider Jesus as the hope of the world. So we talked about the body, the five senses. We talked about the soul. Now I want us to say, where else can we dedicate? We can be dedicated in our commitments. We are dedicated to our commitments. Nehemiah, after the completion of the wall, makes this firm, coveted agreement. Right after the completion of the wall, he makes this vow of obedience to commit himself and the entire nation to God. This solemn vow meant this. He says that I'm committing my life to you and my body and my soul identifies with God. You see, obligation follows application. So where do we... 
put our commitments to? Well, we put our commitments towards our relationships. We put our commitments towards the church. We put our commitments to our families. You know, the Bible is full of oaths, is full of promises that were made between God and his people. And what an oath is, is saying that I'm going to fulfill my end of the agreement. You know, I remember a time where my son, he wanted this specific toy so badly. And I had promised to him, yeah, don't worry, I'm going to get it for you. Right after work, I'm going to get it, I promise. Can you guess what happened next? <laughs> totally bombed, and I forgot to get him the gift, breaking his heart in the process. He comes up to me right after school, puppy dog eyes. Dad, did you get me the gift? I'm so excited. Did you get it for me? No. I felt like the worst dad at that moment where I, that I couldn't keep my own promise to my son. You know, you just don't accidentally fall in love with someone, right? You commit to it. Commitment is saying that I'm going to hold up my end of the bargain no matter even if you don't. Commitment is not a byproduct of the Christian life. It's the total sum of the Christian life. Jeremiah 7.23 says, But this command I gave them, Obey my voice and I will be your God, and you shall be my people, and walk in all the way that I command you that, I may be, that it may be well with you. You know, commitment is when Abraham trusted God to provide a sacrifice in place of his son. That's commitment. Commitment is David sparing the life of Saul in the cave when, while his men were urging David, this is the day that the Lord promised. Look, David, Saul is right here. And David says, I'm not going to touch my Lord's anointed. You know, who? I want to say this, church, Who's speaking into your ears that think that they're hearing from God, but they forgot their first commitment? And where does our commitment lie as believers? Our commitment lies to Christ. Our commitment lies to Christ. You know, this book was written to help us recognize the walls that have hindered us. Hindered our full devotion, hindered our full dedication to God. And writing this book has challenged me to go back to this drawing board. To see what areas I've, I've lacked in, see what areas I've maybe have uh, misappropriated. But what ends up happening, church, is this. I want to make certain that every piece of this is consecrated to God. But what ends up happening is that we begin to form walls around these areas of our lives. These walls, these invisible barriers begin to spring up. Oh, well, maybe I'm focusing more on my body. Maybe I, I, I care more about my, my emotions. Maybe I care more about doing my own will. Maybe I've failed in my commitment. And we end up putting invisible barriers and invisible walls. But if one part of the wall is blocked, it's going to affect the rest of the body. It's going to affect the rest of the soul and the areas. It's gonna affect our commitments. 
God's grace in Christ fortifies the walls we need and it tears down the ones that we don't. What you dedicate determines how you celebrate. There's this parable about three bricklayers. One day a traveler was walking across and he saw that these bricklayers were working. So there was three specific ones. So he goes to the first one and he says to them, what are you doing? And the man replies, I'm just laying down some bricks. So he goes up to the second person. He asks the same question. He says, what are you doing? And the individual looks at him and says, well, I'm building a wall. And finally he goes to the third person and he asks, what are you doing? And with excitement, the person looks at him and says, I'm building a cathedral. All these three bricklayers were accomplishing the exact same task, but only one person saw a God-inspired vision that was bigger than the rest. And under all this church, we need to celebrate. Because then once we celebrate, it all falls in line with our dedication. It all falls in line with our dedication. But you know what, church? Some of us are, we, we are celebrating ourselves more than we're celebrating others. Are we celebrating others when it matters or when it only matters to us? The calling requires dedication before the celebration. Living with God-sized walls allows us to live a God-shaped life. We've learned to recognize the walls that divide us. We learn to inspect the walls of our soul. We learn to restore the broken pieces and to rebuild and to renew and to breach the walls if need be. But church, now it's time to celebrate. Now it's time to celebrate. My soul celebrates God, my body, everything. I'm going to commit every sense to you. I'm going to make my commitments sure. I'm going to celebrate what God has done. Some of you, you maybe you've lost your joy. I want to tell you right now, the reason why you maybe you've lost your joy is because maybe you have built up a wall under one of these areas of your life. But it's time to say, I'm going to wholeheartedly go in, God. I'm going to give you 100%. Like how I saw that wall at the end, I said to myself, am I going to be able to do this? And I dedicated myself. And right now, maybe you're lacking in that dedication. Jeremiah 31.4 says this. God told them, I've never quit loving you and never will. That's God's word for you today. Maybe you've heard that. Maybe you felt unloved. It says, expect love, love, and more love. And so now, I'll start over with you and build you up again. Church, it's time to celebrate. 
It's time to give it to God. It's time to dedicate. It's time to leave those areas in your life where you have been feeling emotionally unstable. It's time to put on the mind of Christ. It's time to say, I'm going to do your will and not what I want to do. It's time to make sure that my commitments to my family matters and I'm not just commitment to something else. I'm going to commit myself to the church even when I don't agree with something or a leader. I'm going to be committed because it's bigger than a leader. It's committed to Christ. I'm going to be committed to my relationships. I'm going to be committed in my body and I'm going to beat it to submission. I'm going to dedicate every area of my life. If that's you here today, I want you to pray with me as we conclude this series and we say, God, fortify the walls, strengthen the walls that we need to celebrate with, strengthen the walls that are only dedicated to your service and tear down the ones that are causing a barrier. So pray this with me, church. God, I thank you that I may be undone, but I am not unknown to you. Restore the broken pieces of my life. Inspect the walls of my soul. Inspect the areas of my life. If I have failed in my vow, if I have failed in my commitment, God, forgive me. Help me to be dedicated to you in every area, God. The blueprint is there. Help me to see it with spiritual lenses. Help me, O oh God, when I am weak, you are strong. Help me to walk in a state of humility. Help me to learn all the spiritual disciplines that you have for me. Help me to walk in your grace. Help me to be dedicated. Because in due, in due time, we're going to celebrate the goodness of our God. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. That was a powerful teaching. If you're struggling to find community, I want to invite you over to the V1 Church app where you can join a connect group and dive deeper into your faith. You can make some new friends who share that same faith. 